Welcome back, Money Talkers. This is your host, Cody Laughlin. This is the High Impact Series. I just got done on an interview with Henry Doss. Man, we dove deeply into business coaching and uh, the successful patterns of business owners and what you should be looking for in a coach. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you catch the full-length episode. But this is the High Impact Series where I'm going to ask the one big question and we're going to pull out an actionable item for you to be able to listen to this eight to 10 minutes. Go have a money talk with your kid. This is so important to change their financial trajectory. This is also going to open up and build the relationship for you for future money talks when your kids have bigger and bigger problems and bigger, bigger opportunities that you will have built that foundation where that they know that they can talk about money with you and that you're a money talker. So Henry, are you ready? I'm ready to go. Awesome, man. Well, here's the big question, right? What's the one thing that you would teach about that our schools don't that's had a major impact on your life? Uh, the simple word is money, right? They don't teach you, they, they teach you arithmetic and reading and writing, but they don't even teach you the simplest thing like how to balance a checkbook. So where would you start? You're, you're the teacher for the day. Uh, you got the last lesson before they're getting ready to come out of school. Where does, uh, where does Henry go on the chalkboard? So here's the interesting thing. So I wrote this book called FQ Financial Intelligence, 432 pages, monster, monster book, 120,000 words. I wrote it initially as a course, and then I turned it into a book. The, the impetus for this uh, goes back a bunch of years to my niece and nephew. <clears throat> now, I manage a book of money, and I also manage some folks in the family. I manage their money. I trade stocks for them. I have you know, full power to do that, including my, my niece and nephew. So when they were both in high school, I decided to teach them about money. Um, and it was an epic fail. Just didn't work. And the reason was, was twofold. One is I hadn't figured out how to reach them with something that they could relate to. And the other side of it was they just really weren't interested in that at at uh, 17 and 19 years old, it was, it just wasn't, wasn't part of what they were interested in. So that was a, that was kind of a, a, a difficult lesson. When I originally wrote this, this course, I was, I was actually going to tailor this towards, towards um, millennials and such, towards young people. But then somebody said, but yeah, but young people don't have any money. <laughs> We're not going to pay you thousands of dollars for a course. I said, yeah, I guess that's kind of a good point. Um, so my marketing is more for what I call the, the, the sandwich generation. Now, there are, there are entities out there that I know of that are trying to change this. They're trying to integrate financial literacy, what I call financial intelligence, into the curriculum. But it's a, it's a real challenge, I think, because they just haven't found the hook. Yeah. So what would be your advice? Because as you mentioned, you, 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 uh, you weren't able to relate it to them as well. And so if there's a parent listening right now, and we're trying to get them to be able to talk to their kids about it, what would be your insight from that experience that will not because that, you know, that's a lot of the fear is that it may just go on deaf ears, or they don't want to talk to me about it, or there could be built in anxieties about that. But like, what would you what did you notice when you went to do that if you were going to do it again as a coach? I would have spent a lot more time figuring out what was going on inside their heads and what their feelings were about money, right? So, so the first chapter of my book is called The Psychology of Money. 
when I sat down and wrote it again, I wrote it as a course. Uh, I wrote 18, uh, 18 modules, very systematic. That was the, I never wrote an outline. I wrote 18 modules. The very first one was the psychology of money. And I started writing in module one and I worked all the way through to module 18. I did it all in a very linear order. Part of my engineering background, I guess, is that it's very, you know, it all, it all mapped out very straightforward. You really need to figure out what their interest level is. And from there, you can find the hooks, right? Mm, yep. So if they're interested in Instagram or Twitch or YouTube or any of these things, maybe they have an interest in, in the fact that there are people who make fantastic livings monetizing those, Yeah. right? Maybe there's a hook in there somewhere. But if they don't have interest, it's going to fall on deaf ears no matter what you do, no matter how you dress it up. You know, I, I fall back to my sales background and training because I've been in it for so long. And I grew, mm-hmm. up in a, I grew up in a sales room as a kid. My, my dad was from sales managers. And right. I, you know, the, the things that go into like uh, telling, is, uh, telling isn't selling, right? No. You've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Like ask questions and be quiet. Like the things that go into being a good salesperson, I think are very applicable in the realm of talking to your kids about money, right? Mm-hmm. What you're saying is you're going in and if you're just offloading all of this information into them, you're pushing a string and you're not getting their, their there's no bite from them. There's no, which is there's no buy-in yeah. from them at all. Because you're not, you're not taking the time to understand their perspective until if, without asking questions. If you don't ask questions, you don't know what they're thinking and especially open-ended questions, right? I prefer open-ended. Well, you have to kind of bounce back and forth a little bit. Uh, sometimes an open-ended question, you know, when, when a kid's five years old, you don't ask them, what do you want for dinner? Right. You know, I want the steak free at uh, Le Voltaire. Um, no, you're not going to, you're going to say, do you want macaroni and cheese or chicken nuggets? <laughs> right. That's what you ask. A five-year-old. Well, well, even a sixteen-year-old. Sometimes you gotta ask a closed-end question. Yeah. But other times you gotta ask more open-ended questions. You really want to find out where are they on the, on the. I hate to call it. I'm not gonna call it a spectrum, but between the goalposts. There's yeah. one goalpost that's scarcity, and there's another goalpost that's abundance. Right. And most people will fall in. Uh, somewhere in the middle. Although in my experience, especially with older people, um, it's much more prevalent that people are living in scarcity. Mm. They're more worried about losing their principal than in making a big profit. And then you've got the exceptions who are, you know, like the riverboat gamblers who just want to push it, push, you know, a million dollars onto black and, and hope it comes up for them. Um, you want, you want to figure out where they are in the middle Right. I was entrepreneurial and a money guy from a very, very young age. I remember buying a bicycle that I wanted when I was a kid, when I was 15 years old, when it was no longer age appropriate to ride this, something called a lemon peeler from, by Schwinn. But I found it in the paper and I bought it for $49 and I rode it around for three weeks just to sort of get my yayas out. And then I put an ad in the paper for two bucks and sold it for 80 bucks. <laughs> I killed two birds with one stone. I made a really nice profit and I got to own the bicycle that my parents would never buy me. Yeah. How do I, <laughs> right? So I not, not, we can't afford it. Not, I can't get it. 
how do I get that thing? Right. That bike was a hundred dollars new in like 1968. It might as well have been a trillion dollars. <laughs> My parents, straight out of Brooklyn, were not going to spend a hundred dollars for a bicycle. You know how much those bikes cost now on uh, on eBay? Oh gosh, <laughs> thirty-five I... for a good one. I I was really close to buying one. I found one in really nice shape, thirty-five hundred bucks. <laughs> I'm gonna buy it and hang it on my wall. I'm not gonna <laughs> buy it and ride it. Thirty-five hundred dollar bicycle. It's insane. So, so, so tying this up, I really think that the takeaway that I'm hearing is that to have the conversations, to get into these uh, financial conversations, that the thing you need to do is have some conversations just regarding of where you find your kids spectrum to be like, what is their money story that's been written so far? Uh-huh. Right. And then if you see patterns, right, or you see something that like, let's say, I don't know, maybe maybe uh, you were hoping it goes in a different direction or those kind of things. You have to realize they've caught in that from somewhere, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe looking at the language that we use that we talk with them about, right? Or the way that we ask questions or the way that we try to push this information to them without pulling them along with the conversation, right? And a sales approach. And I think that there's an, a, I think there's a really good piece in there about really just going in to assess where they are so that you know how to approach the subjects going forward. What do you thought? Well, remember, if they got it from somewhere, pretty good likelihood they got it from you. Yeah. So maybe you want to take a step back and look at your own situation. Where am I living? What is the world that I'm living in? Because I'm going to give that to my kids. Yeah. Right? Don't try to rewrite the story for them, especially if you're trying to rewrite the story because it was your story. Yes. Right? Right. Yeah, you you can't change the chapters that are already you, been written, you, you but can't. you can't change the ones going forward. But you can read what's been written and yeah. tune into that and say, okay, this is what's been written so far. Um, I don't have any influence over that. Certainly, don't have any control. Uh, but the new chapters that are going to going to be written, I can have some impart some influence on that. But remember, their life and your life are two different things, right? I think it was John D. Rockefeller who said, um, somebody asked him why his children tipped the caddy a dollar and he tipped the caddy at the golf course a dime. And he said, it's because their old man was rich. (laughs) Right? Right? So you as a parent are in many ways a reaction to how you were brought up and then i look at my children and i say to myself you know uh we've 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 enabled them not to be spendthrifts but to be um to not really be too concerned even for someone who teaches people about money Mm -hmm. um especially with boys it comes a little bit later but my oldest son is is a saver and he's very frugal so he got a piece of, of us as parents uh my, my middle son is kind of a uh, bit of a, a spendthrift and a little bit oblivious. He got a little bit of that from us. And my youngest is somewhere in between. Um, you don't know. They're each going to have their own unique journey. Now, there's a saying in the coaching business, can't coach family. Right? So you always got to bear that in mind. So if you can cultivate a, a resource outside of the family that can somehow speak their language that would that's helpful too yeah the third party Uh, 
yeah, the third party is a, is a good way to go. But again, you have to make sure that that they have some buy-in on this. Um, it's, much like, it's much like a business coach. They don't have an emotional tie to the conversation. So they're there for one. All they want is theirs is for their client to be successful as a business coach or as a money coach. I just want you to be successful because if you're successful, you'll, you'll tell your friends and I'll never have to spend a nickel on marketing, right? Because <laughs> people will just come to me because I'm super successful. Um, don't, and, and, and be mindful of the fact that this, this is really stressful. Those years from puberty to probably 30 uh, are enormously stressful. They're extra stressful now in the pandemic, mm -hmm. right? So I have to remind myself, my wife and I, we have to remind each other that these kids, they may not show it on the outside, but they're under an enormous amount of stress, as, as we all are, um, because of circumstances outside of our control. So don't, don't lose sight of that. Yeah, I think a good takeaway on that for the, to wrap this up is that the uh, don't necessarily go in with a predetermined outcome of what you want your kids to answer the questions to. Well, that's a very, very astute observation. Like you said, listen, active listening, we call that in the coaching business. Don't listen and have your mind worrying about the next thing you're going to say. Make don't, your mind blank. We used to say it. I, take, I have a big saying for that. What's that? Don't wait to talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that's if you think about that, like if you're just sitting there waiting to just get your words out, you're not really reacting to what the information is that you're disseminating because you've already made your decision. Up, you're getting ready to my, my wife does that to me, to me uh, <laughs> all the time. I have another T-shirt that says I'd rather be right than than happy. Uh, in fact, I was at I was at the Beacon Theater, and as I was leaving, a woman with a with a camera who worked for the theater ran up to me and says, "I have to take a picture of your shirt." Uh, and that's the same thing. I'll be talking to my wife, and I can just tell, coach or no coach, I can just tell that she's not listening to anything I'm saying. She's just raring to give me what she's got in her hand. <laughs> wait, just waiting to talk. She's just waiting to talk. So I just shut up because it's just dead air anyway. <laughs> Listen, man, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to have some links to this. Um, the website is DAS Knowledge, D-A-A-S Knowledge.com. Um, on the last episode, Henry was uh, gracious enough to, to let you know that there's a free strategy session there for you if you're a business owner looking for coaching or if you need financial coaching, uh, something that he's offering now. Also, his book, uh, FQ Financial Intelligence, is available there. Uh, for free, just got to pay for the shipping. So, um, pretty awesome stuff. And then it's a, it's a free, it's a free download. You don't have to pay for the shipping. Oh, excellent. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Even better. Even so. better. hundred <laughs> percent off. Can't beat awesome. that. Well, thank you, Henry, so much for coming on money talkers guys. This is your chance to take your earbuds out, take your headphones off, go have a money talk with your kid. Again, this is going to change their financial trajectory. They've got so much time ahead of them. If you just make a simple adjustment to how much they understand, they're going to be so far ahead of the game at the end of the, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the, the run. So, um, and also you're going to open up that relationship. So it's not uncomfortable. It's not weird. It's you guys are money talkers. And I have never met anybody that was willing to be able to learn on financial advice that they were worse off from being a money talker. So make sure you take that effort. You make sure you build that relationship and take that first step and have that talk with your family and then your kids or somebody else that you know that needs it. Right. And so don't be afraid to do those things and, uh, and build those relationships. But until the next time, thanks again. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. 
If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.